This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I'm really delighted to be back with you. It's interesting. I, I'm hearing this music for the second time now, and it, it's it's different. Although, having said that, I think I said last time we've heard this music many, many times before on um, when we first bought it, perhaps ten or so years ago. But I really quite like it. So, hopefully, you do. It's a bit of a change from the old stuff. I know I had some feedback on that old music that it was outdated, but it's really tough trying to find stock music that isn't dated. It's either something like this or or you get country or it's very techno and sounds a bit harsh to me. But anyway, hope you like it. Well, here we go. Episode 301. We're in the 300s now. I want to kick off today by Opening myself up, being very transparent about something that just happened. I've learned a lesson from it, and I'm hoping that in the retelling of it, that there may be a message that comes out of it to uh, to other people too. But, you know, I just want to get it off my chest, actually. So, you know, it's something that happened last weekend, and I made an error of judgment, and the result wasn't pretty. So what's this about, you might be saying, and now I've got you listening. But I was researching comparable properties for our property management company. I've been out to see a delightful cottage on a lake. And what I normally do when I'm looking at rates and, you know, an evaluation of price for a year of rental, so maybe summer season, low season, long weekends, weekends, all that sort of stuff, I look at comparables. That's what we should all be doing. We look at who else is out there offering something similar. And what I do is I look at every aspect of all these other listings, not just the rates. I look at the availability. Are they getting booked at that rate? I look at the amenities and the features. I mean, after all, I'm going to get a better rate on a property that has a hot tub, say, against one that doesn't. So I'm really taking a deep dive into these other property listings. And I look at the reviews in particular, because reviews can tell you so much about what your target audience is looking for in a property and what they find and what they don't find. So I read the reviews as well. But I also look at the photographs. And I have to say, I do look at the photographs with a critical eye, because I'm all about doing it right and improving things. So that's the background. I was researching comparables and I came across a property, a photo of a property that showed an unmade bed with a couple of pillows and a comforter just folded up and sitting on top of it. So clearly the owners of this property don't provide linens for their guests, which is common in our part of the world, in, in mostly in independently rented properties because it's not something that was expected years ago and many owners are still sitting way back in the 90s, I guess. That's that's how it's all, always done. That's how we always rented cottages. You, you didn't supply linens, you didn't supply cleaning. Well, you did supply cleaning 
materials and you made sure that they cleaned the place before they left. And a lot of places in our neck of the woods still do that. However, that was not the point of my photograph. The fact that they didn't supply linens, that was neither here nor there. What I wanted to do was to showcase this particular photograph. Uh, So I posted it on Facebook, on one of the Facebook groups. In fact, it was a Facebook group that I spend a lot of time in because it's renowned as being kind. People are kind to each other. And I posted the photo just with the intention of starting a discussion about good bedroom images and how important they are to a listing. Because I felt that even though this property didn't supply linens, the photograph could have been better. It was a very dark photo. It didn't look attractive. And my initial thought was, this is such a great property. Why can they not make a nicer looking bedroom photo. Because if I was rating a property in in terms of pricing, I would actually probably rate it a little bit lower if the bedrooms were going to look like that. I know from 20 years experience of renting hundreds of properties on our website that the ones with the fantastic bedroom images sell the best and they can achieve a higher rental rate. It's as simple as that. Make the place look good and you make more money. And I think I made an error in the text I put alongside the photograph. And I think I made it sound like I was being very critical of the owner of the property. You know, how can they charge X amount when they're showing photos like these? And that was not my intention. And I realized immediately I'd made a mistake as the first comment was about the post being inappropriate. I realized that. So by the time I had crafted an apology, the feedback was coming in thick and fast. And it it scared me actually, because it was, it was like, it was blowing up and I didn't know what to do about it. And I thought about taking the post down, but figured I could perhaps change the course of the conversation with the apology. Um, perhaps by rewording the original post, which I did. I went back and reworded it and said, this is about photographs. It's not about operations and the practice of not providing linens, which it was misinterpreted that I was I was being critical of the owner for not providing linens, which was not the intention in the first place. So I thought about taking it down and figured I might fix it. Not a chance. <laughs> I found out. So, you know, I'd say I'm a kind person. I don't like to be negative about anyone as we all have good and bad traits. And I always think that if we accentuate the positive, we're likely to get more of the same. So as I say, I made an error in posting that photo because it was outside of my modus operandi, I guess. But I also struggle with conflict. So I removed myself very, very quickly from the conversation. And I have to say, I haven't been back there again. I'm now off Facebook. I will check my personal page. I will check my messages. If anybody wants advice and would like to hear from me, then just send me an email at heather at vacationrentalformula.com and uh, and I will help you out. I would love to. I'm so scared now of going into any Facebook group and offering any suggestions or advice or recommendations. I just, I say scared. I don't, that's not the right word. I'm just choose not to do it in that format anymore. So I am here. I am available. If you've got questions, I'd love to hear from you. Some of these questions I'm going to be starting to record on the podcast. 
So please send me, if you'd like a little bit of advice or need a another eye on something and you'd like some suggestions, let me know. I'd be more than happy to help and we can perhaps get that question out on the podcast as well so people can listen to it. So how's that? I just wanted to get that out there. Just one last thing I would like to say. As a child, I was bullied unmercilessly. I was bullied to a point of severe depression and having to leave a school. That sort of bullying was not out now. It wasn't, nobody hurt me physically. It was words. And I am now going to be so careful about the words I use. And I would put it out there that when you are making a comment on a Facebook group or in a forum, that you are kind, that you think about the fact that this person you're talking to, the person you're offering advice to might be in a different place, might, might be in an unhappy place at that time. And your words can have a huge impact on them. Okay, moving right along, moving right along. I'm going to talk today about the end of our season. Another season bites the dust. Oh my goodness, you don't know what it feels like. I mean, I know I say you don't know what it feels like. Any property manager who has a seasonal company. Andy Medic, I know you're out there at Sea Change Vacation Rentals. I mean, your season doesn't finish until two weeks after Labor Day. And I feel for you. I really do. Because ours is done. Done. And I mean, we still have a ton of people in properties, but they're going for short breaks and weekends from here on right the way through to to our Thanksgiving, which is the second Monday in um, October. And I don't know about you, but I do find people who are coming for, for a short break or a weekend or whatever are more tolerant. They've got a shorter time. They don't want to spend that time complaining and second guessing their choice of property in the first place, because usually our September and October guests make their bookings at the last minute. So it's not as though they booked six months in advance and they had second thoughts about it and wanted to cancel and didn't like the cancellation policy. So so they decided early on that they were going to be unhappy when they got to the place. And this this actually, this does happen. We know now, we have learnt now that if we get an email or a correspondence from a guest after they have booked, maybe a month or so after they've booked and they start asking about a cancellation policy, can we cancel? And they really don't have what we feel is a, is, is a valid reason for cancelling. We used to go back and say to them, no, you know, there's a cancellation policy. If you want to cancel, we'll give you your money back if we can re-rent the place. In general, we, if it's a summer week, we know we can re-rent it. But we have them sitting there getting unhappier and unhappier as the weeks go past and this place hasn't been rented. And then maybe if we do get it rented at the last minute and we get some money back to them, they're, they're happy about it. But they've had this time where they've just not felt good because they didn't know if they're going to get their money back or not. So now my thought is, oh, just give them the money back. We're going to rent it. Let's not put them through all this stuff. And then let's not put people through having to go on a vacation that they don't want to be at. They don't want to go to. So if somebody wants to cancel a couple of months out or they've just paid their final balance and they're 45 days out and they want to cancel, fine. I really want to say now, go ahead. Here's your money back. 
because I don't want them to be there and to be unhappy. We call it in our office being pre-soured. And pre-souring takes a number of forms. And we've heard it a lot of it this summer. One, one of those was actually the group that we made to go for a weekend booking because we wouldn't let them cancel. And for a start, they left the place in a mess. They upset the neighbours. They, they went all out to be unpleasant. And, and we had control over that. We could have said, okay, you know, hands in the air, you get your money back and we will move on. If we can't rent it, we can't rent it, but we don't want to take the consequences. Pre-souring comes in in other ways. Maybe somebody has booked something and then did not read the listing correctly. And we've had this on a number of occasions this summer with Wi-Fi. So guests have booked properties and thinking that every property these days has Wi-Fi. Well, ours don't because there are pockets around our area where there is no cell signal still. There are pockets where there is no Wi-Fi available. So some owners might have satellite dishes, satellite internet, but no way can you get unlimited Wi-Fi with a, uh, a Wi-Fi satellite. You might get 20 gigs a week. You know, the owner might have 100 gigs in a month. That's their limit. So they will parcel that out as 20 gigs a week, a week for each group. Well, if a group has booked expecting that their kids can come and stream films and shows and YouTube for the entirety of their stay, because that's the only way they could get them to the cottage in the first place, they are going to be mega unhappy to find out that this Wi-Fi is limited. So we had this on a number of occasions this year where guests having booked and having paid their final balance, they got all the information on the property. Now, in the listing, we do show where a property has limited internet and what those limits are. But we do know that people do not read this stuff. They just see Wi-Fi because that's what they want to see and they expect it to be unlimited. So we were having guests receiving all the arrival information, the property guide, and finding out that it wasn't unlimited, that their kids weren't going to be able to do what they usually do when they're on vacation, and that's stay in bed until three o'clock in the afternoon watching YouTube. So we'd get the calls and the emails saying, what can we do? We thought Wi-Fi was unlimited. We think we're going to have to choose somewhere else. And we were saying, well, you know, our hands are tied. We can't do anything about the Wi-Fi. You're already booked. We can't move you. We don't have another property for you. So that was tough this year. And we're finding this more and more that the requirement for unlimited Wi-Fi is out there as for, for these guests as a given. They expect it. And we learn from everything that happens every year. And I'm sure every property manager out there is thinking the same. Yes, we, you know, we've probably had the same or we have something very, very similar, but we learn and we make adjustments for next year. So we are now making it much more prominent on our website that a property has limited or no Wi-Fi. And also we will probably in our initial emails to guests before they book or before we confirm, because if we're getting an instant booking, we still go back and say, are you aware? Are you aware that this property has limited internet? 
And, you know, we're quite happy for you to cancel right now if you're not happy with the conditions of the internet service. I'd far prefer people to come back and say, no, 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 that's not the place for me, not the place for my family, rather than to make them go and be unhappy while they're there. Wi-Fi is definitely a part of the pre-souring process. Other pre-souring is if, well, and it usually comes down to what they haven't read on the listing. And they might not have read that in our terms and conditions, that maximum occupancy means maximum occupancy. And that includes overnight and day guests. So we can't have a property that sleeps six and have the guests go to it and then invite another 10 people for a barbecue. Because number one, it's going to impact the septic system. Number two, it's going to impact the neighbours. Number three, the owner has asked for no more than six people at that property and they deserve that respect. And number four, it may impact their rental insurance. However, we've had on a number of occasions, guests book a property and they get right to the week before they go. And we always send an email that says, We hope you're looking forward to your upcoming vacation. Just want to remind you that only the people that you listed on your booking form are permitted at the property at any time. And this year we got quite a kickback on some of these emails when people said, well, I didn't realise I couldn't have day guests and I've, I've planned a, I've planned this barbecue party and all these people are coming and we've had to go back and say, I'm sorry, you can't do this. And then they have been completely unhappy about their entire stay because their plans have all been thwarted. They didn't read the terms and conditions. They didn't read the listing. They didn't even understand that a maximum occupancy meant maximum occupancy day and night. So this is something else we're addressing. It all comes back to guest education. Let's educate the guests right up front and make sure that they understand every part of our terms and conditions. So we're working on that because we don't want to make it sound draconian. We don't want this long list of these are the rules that you must read before you book, but we want to get the message across. So we are planning on a few different ways of doing it, maybe some funny video, maybe something on each listing that that sends them off to another little spot that says this is what occupancy means. So I'd be happy to hear from anybody who's got some solutions on that one. We're working on it, but definitely more guest education is required right the way across the board. Yeah, we've always said from day one, people don't read. They don't read, but many watch video. They watch YouTube. If we can do some YouTube on coming to cottage country or what renting a cottage really means, and it's less than two minutes, and it says, this is what a septic system is, this is what occupancy means, and this is what we mean by keeping control of your dog, and maybe other stuff. So, as I say, we're looking about that. The next thing is that... And perhaps I should have started with this, but really it's just touching on an episode I did with Jason Beaton a couple of weeks ago where we talked about the shock horror we had in the middle of June when we realised we had just a huge chunk of availability and we had no idea how to fill it. We knew there were going to be last minute bookings, but this was unprecedented. And I have to say in all happiness and joy that the digital marketing campaign that Mike and Jason did just worked wonders. And we achieved 
our goal of booking this certain number. We, we set them a goal. We said we want to book this number of weeks and it was a big goal. And we did it. We did it. And in fact, we were around 15 or 16% down in June and ended August on the positive side. So we are up on 2018, which is very, very gratifying. But what prompted this all was a change in market demand and we weren't ready for it. And I'll put a link to that show with Jason where you can go back and and hear about this in more detail. But basically what hit us this year was that people were booking much later. They were looking for shorter breaks and weekends and not staying the standard week that we've always had. You know, we've always expected people just to stay for a week. That's what they wanted in high season. This year, it it changed dramatically. So market demand is changing. We have to be responsive to it. So we will, for 2020, be going out to our owners and saying, are you willing just to open up your availability, forget doing weeks, just let people come on whatever day they want, leave on what day they want. And yes, you might have the occasional empty day in a week. However, we'll make sure that the price is set at such a rate that you're going to get the same amount of money or more. How do you feel about this? So in our situation, of course, we have changeover issues because it's not that easy to get cleaners and maintenance people to come out at the drop of a hat. Usually they have to be booked way, way in advance. And that schedule is is rarely changed because cleaners are few and far between in some of these locations. And these cleaners get scheduled a year in advance for specific dates. So just to say, hey, you know, I've got a, a change over this Tuesday and one on Friday, that may not work for, for many owners. But for those that are able to be flexible, I think it's going to be a really good deal for them. And I think they're going to find that income will probably improve by opting for this more flexible approach. So that's something else we learned this year. And that was big. That was big. I say every year when I do this podcast every year at the end of the summer and we say, you know, this is what we learned from a summer of rentals. Every year I say the same. Guests are becoming less self-reliant and more demanding. And we've gone year on year just sort of saying this and thinking, well, how do we respond to this? And now we know we've got to set boundaries and expectations. So whether that is going back into the listing and talking about things like Wi-Fi that I mentioned earlier, but also setting expectations for guests as to, you know, what they can expect from an owner and us, the management company. We had a guest in a property who was high maintenance to say the least. And in the first instance, we got a call on arrival and she said, I'm standing at the door and I don't know how to open it. And we sent her to the guest guide, the touch stay guide, which she had on her phone. And we pointed her to access, you know, how to get into the cottage. Oh, oh, fine. I didn't know that was there, she said, as she opened the door and went inside. And we said, is there anything else we can help you with? No, no, that's fine at the moment. Five minutes later, uh, she called back and she said, I can't find any bottled water. Where's the bottled water? Can somebody come and deliver me bottled water right now? And once again, we sent her to the guest guide on the topic of water 
that said, here is in in the pantry area is a water cooler with a bottle of water and uh, and a spare. And here's where you can go and get the spares. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see that. Um, we, we hadn't opened that closet. How was I to know it was in there? Okay, fine. So is everything all right now? Is there anything else we can help you with? Nope, nope, that's that, that's fine. I think I think we're okay now. Ten minutes later, the another text. So we were getting phone calls and texts. So another text this time. It says there's wood for the fire pit. We can't find the wood. So have you looked in the woodshed? No, where's the woodshed? Let me take you back to the touch day guide. It says under campfires, it says the wood will be in the woodshed beside the property. Oh, I hadn't read that. Hold on a second, don't go away. So she walks outside. Oh, I found the woodshed. Oh gosh, there's a lot of wood in here. Okay. Is there anything else we could possibly help you with? Nope. No, I think I think we're good now. We're, we're definitely good now. Now, having said that, there were a number of issues with that property and that, that needed to be dealt with. And during the course of the week, we heard about all of these, these things, some of which we were able to attend to and some were not so easy to manage. <laughs> However, it, it really goes to show that there is less self-reliance. I mean, a lot less self-reliance in certain areas. And having said all this, you know, I really need to go back and put it in perspective because we do two and a half thousand, three thousand rentals a year and we don't hear from 80% of them. You know, the 80-20 rule really does apply. You know, 20% of our guests will report 80% of the problems. That is always been the case. So when I talk about this, it, it sounds a little as though we, you know, we're dealing with these problems right, left and centre every day. Well, actually, we're not. It's just that some tend to focus more on certain people. But we learn a lot from that. We learn about tolerance levels. We learn about what we can do to make things better for people who aren't self-reliant because we can't design the ideal guest, the one who is going to read everything that's given to them, the one who is not used to going to a hotel and just picking up a phone and calling down for room service and asking for some water to be delivered or for a light bulb to be changed or for a new coffee maker to come because the one they've got isn't dripping fast enough. We just need to put things in place to make their experience better. So that's definitely something that's ongoing. We will continue to do this. But I won't hammer these guests at all. It's just they're all a learning. Every single one of them helps us to learn something about what we could do better. So something else that came up on a number of occasions this year is claims for refunds and rebates due to some perceived issues. And we deal with these, we all deal with these, don't we? We all deal with the ones that say, I need, I want a refund for the power going out, or I want a refund because the kettle didn't boil fast enough, or the, as I say, the coffee maker didn't drip fast enough. Years ago, we would have fought every single one of them, every single one of the unjustified complaints. We've changed the way we operate because we've started to look at how much it was costing to argue. And it was costing us in terms of time. We have a team that deals with issues that arise at cottages. And their really, their sole purpose is to listen to what the customer is saying, what the guest is saying, 
to make a judgment on how we respond to it and to make another judgment on whether we deal with their request for a refund or a rebate. Or in fact, if we send them a gift, if we send them out to dinner, there's a lot of things that that this team have at their disposal to offer to guests. Now, a few years ago, as I say, we might have argued more of these cases, but we don't anymore because of the time it takes for this team to work through these issues. If it's going to take them three or four, three or four man hours to go through a problem, fight it, and probably end up with a no-win situation, why not just make an instant decision and say, okay, under our breath, we can say, we don't agree with you. We don't agree with you. But outwardly say, we appreciate your perception of the situation and under the circumstances are going to do this and give them, maybe it's the refund of the cleaning fee or a rebate of part of the rental fee and send them on their way. Now you may think, well, you're, you, what you're doing in that instance is condoning their behavior. Maybe so. But you know, when we're in the middle of a high season, all we want is for that issue to go away. And if that means dipping into the fund that we have for exactly these purposes and paying these people to go away, I think it's the best solution ever. So if we, were to, if we can just get them to move along, we red flag them so we will never book them again, then I feel comfortable about it. In terms of, of sharing that information, that, that's difficult. I would love to share the information with, with other management companies and say, look, if you get this person, this is what they did to us. And we may do that in our private managers association, um, but we certainly wouldn't go public on anything. Yeah. And we just move them along. And I have to say that taking this attitude has, has made a massive change in the way that, uh, that we feel about the issues that arise. The stress level has gone down. We're able to deal with issues quickly and efficiently and move these people on. In general, we don't ever hear from them again. So uh, I'm always happy with that. So a couple of little issues that came up over and over again this year that we're going to be addressing, and that's cleanliness of barbecues. Every property that we manage has a barbecue. They have gas barbecues. Gas barbecues are a part and parcel of cottage vacations. And in many cases, the, the cleaners don't want to clean a barbecue because they, they see it as messy. And we've had a number of complaints this year about guests arriving. They've opened up the barbecue and the grill's dirty. That is not acceptable. And we are working on how to deal with that. So my housekeeper that used to go into my cottage, into Osprey, she had a routine. She would arrive at the property. First thing she, she would do is fire up the barbecue, put all the burners on full and leave it for about 15 minutes. And then just watch the smoke billowing out of the back in the knowledge that what that was doing was cleaning all the grease off. Then turning the grill off and going back about half an hour later, opening it up when it wasn't super hot, but it was still warm, and then brushing off the grill. And that was, that was so easy. But it's, it's all about educating cleaners and caretakers in how to do this effectively. Something else that came up on a number of occasions was construction. 
guests arriving to local construction that we had no idea about, that the owners had no idea about, but was completely disruptive to the guests' vacation. And we have full empathy with those guests. You've come to a tranquil and peaceful place and all you're hearing is hammering and bashing and big equipment moving in and out and chainsaws. And that goes on often from seven in the morning to seven at night. So we, had, we, we came up with some creative ideas for that. And it's not something I want to go into now because it, it probably is a separate uh, episode in itself, you know, talking about how you deal with some of these vacation impactful things like the building of a monster property next door, the next door to the property that you've just rented and you had no idea this was going on. There are ways of finding out if construction's going to happen, just talking to neighbours, looking at local plans for a start. But we will we'll deal with that in another episode. And finally, the final one I'm going to talk about because this is a really a really big one for us is we got a lot of guests angry this year because of OTA fees, because they had booked with us via Canada Stays or VRBO uh, or HomeAway or Airbnb, and they felt we were gouging them. That is how to pre-sour people. It's, it's when they tell you that you're gouging because of the OTAs and you feel a little helpless because you're not in charge of their service fees. So that's all about book direct. Uh, you know, it's about getting back to them and saying, we're so sorry, no part in what these OTAs charge. But can we suggest that the next time you book, you book direct with us because you won't be paying these monstrous service fees. So we will be talking about book direct a little bit more uh, over the next couple of, of months as we lead into what's going to be book direct week, which is uh, probably in February of 2020. There was a lot more that came out of this summer of rentals, a lot more. I think I will probably put that into a blog post over the next week or two and get that out there because these learning points are, you know, infinitely shareable. They do. I'm I'm sure you have related to many of the things I've talked about and you've probably got some much better stories than I have. So send me your stories. Let me hear them. Let's let's get them out in the open and let other people learn from how you handled them. That would be absolutely great. But for now, I am going to take a little break. You know, I'm going to Italy for Vacation Rental World Summit in Como, and then I'll go to New Orleans for VRMA. And I was going to Miami to HostCon, but that's been postponed to next year. So instead, I'm going to be doing something with uh, Amy Highnote uh, on Book Direct. So more of that to come. Yep, for now, that's it for my review of the season. As we get into November, December, I'm going to be doing another episode on preparing for our new season and bring you some tips, which will be mainly as a result of what we've learned this year. Watch out for that one. So as I mentioned last week, I am trying to read a book a week at the moment. It's my, now I'm off Facebook, I'm going to have far more time to read my book a week. And this week, the book I want to recommend to you is called Superfans. 
and it's by Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn's an entrepreneur. I've been following him for, oh, many, many, many years. And I've, I've learned a huge amount from this super caring, sharing guy. I mean, he just, he's not your, he's not your typical type of online entrepreneur. He is just a great guy who has learned a lot from online marketing and just wants to share it with people. And I have huge admiration for him. Mike has actually met him in person and says that you know he is even more caring and sharing in person than you actually find him uh, online, which I think is just amazing. I mean, he started out by selling courses for, he was an architect and got let go is what he calls it from his job. And he started selling online courses to pass a key architecture exam. And In doing so, he began sharing so much about what he knew and created, really without trying, this band of what he called super fans, the ones who just wanted to hear from him and wanted always to know more and would follow him everywhere. And I love this book, Superfans, because it is so full of techniques and information to help you drive more people to what you are offering. And it doesn't matter what you're offering. You know, you're offering a vacation. You want people to come to you, to book direct with you. You want them to become your super fans so that they share everything that you're talking about, about your location and about the wonderful things that they can see and they can do. And they're sharing it with all their friends who consequently share it with their friends. And then it just gets this ballooning type of thing where more and more people are hearing about you. So I think this is a fantastic book to read. Pat Flynn writes very, very well. He shares absolutely everything he knows about building a following. Now, you might not be wanting to build a personal following, but look at it in a different way. You're trying to build a following for your vacation rental product, whether it's a single property or whether you have a property management company and you've got 200 properties that you want to bring people into. I mentioned Andy Medic earlier on, and I would encourage you to follow Andy on his Facebook page because Andy does so much stuff to build this following of people. So his company's called Sea Change Vacation Rentals. Andy's been on the show. Can't wait to meet you, Andy, in uh, October when we meet personally and face to face. But I've been fascinated by the way that Andy has built a following of people in his Facebook posts and shares what he's doing with his company, whether it's just a picture of, of, a, of a car with a whole massive laundry in the back of it or pictures of his office on the morning of a check-in day where there's a whole lineup of welcome bags that are going to go out to each of his properties or it might be a simple picture of he does a few of the inside of his vehicle the inside of his vehicle with you know the the, the temperature it's 105 degrees and he's heading out to do some changeovers or to go visit his team at a property. And there's just a, this 105 degrees showing on the temperature gauge and a bottle of water. And it's just, you know, another check-in day at Sea Change Vacation Rentals. So that is just sort of part of building up your legion of super fans. It takes time. 
But Pat Flynn tells you in this book how to do it and how to get to people by using touch points that are going to be really relevant to them. So if you do get a copy of Superfans, I'd love to hear what you think and how you're applying that knowledge. So that's it this week. That's the book of the week is Superfans by Pat Flynn. And of course, you can find a link to that on the show notes. So that's it for this week, folks. We are, as we go through the next few weeks, building more into the podcast. We'll be adding in a few more little features Uh, I did mention that Mike and Jason were compiling their list of their favorite resources that they use in their day-to-day work. And I'm doing exactly the same. So from next week, you're going to be hearing a little bit more about um, what we're using in our businesses. You know, the podcast is evolving, changing. You're going to hear different things as we do some experimentation along the way. So as ever, I'd love to hear what you think. You know, originally the first 300 episodes, it was simply an introduction, uh, an interview or me rambling on as a solo and then an outro. But I'm trying to introduce a few different things into it now so that, uh, you know, it's a little bit more interesting and you get some more benefit out of it all. So let me know what you think. Heather at vacationrentalformula.com. Yeah, and be kind. (laughs) Let's just say, be kind to me. If you don't like it, well, that's fine, but just be kind in the saying of it. That would be be great. I'm completely open to criticism, to critical comment. It's just the way you say it, folks. So um, before you make any critical comment anywhere, just always put in front of it. Today, I'm being kind to you. And this is what I'm telling you. Right. Thank you so much for listening. It's an absolute pleasure as always. Always makes me feel, you know, yes, at the weekend, what happened at the weekend made me feel really down. And I just want a quick shout out to Alana, Nancy, Derek, and Jody, and others who just gave me some nice words and made me feel better about myself last weekend. You guys rock. You absolutely rock. You don't know how, how much it meant to actually hear from you and get your support. So that's it. That's all I'm going to say. And I'll be with you again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.